Hey everybody, just a little quick note. Um, Rook and I recorded this episode with no notes, like we're gonna talk about. We didn't uh, plan anything, we decided to freeform it. Archon called us and let us know that he was not feeling very well at all. He's been laid up in bed, in pain, sick, and with a fever. So our prayers and hopes go out to him, and especially with the holidays coming up. We recorded this in Rook's living room, so you will hear the sounds of dogs in the background quite a bit, as well as Rook sniffling a lot because he's just getting over a cold. He just recently got one. But we want to give you guys content. We want to give you guys an episode and we really hope you enjoy it. Happy holidays. Enjoy the show. Hey everybody, welcome back. I am Joe the Widget and I am joined by... What's up everybody? Rook here. It looks like it's just two of us this time though. Poor Archon is not doing so hot. He's uh, not feeling well, has a fever. So he is out for now. And we will give you guys a little bit of a heads up. We are going on our Christmas break. And so there will be no episode next week. So we, we got to have a break too, you know, it's the holidays. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And we don't want to record on Christmas Eve. Yeah. We record, we record these on Sunday. So it would be very sad to record anytime that weekend. Yeah. And I'm actually sitting in Rook's living room right now. So we're over here hanging out together. We've been playing mm-hmm. Boulders Gate 3 all freaking day. Oh yeah, it's a blast. I love <laughs> playing that game with you. Doing co-op is so much more fun than when you're doing it solo. Oh, definitely. Uh, one thing I do like about this game is the hot seat co-op. It's just so great. This might be a shorter episode. We apologize, but we're going to just freeform this. We don't even have notes in front of us. So we're just kind of <laughs> going off the cuff on this one. Uh, we're we're going to wait to do the main topics when Archon gets back with us. So when we start up again in January, actually it'll be the very end of December, I think. Uh, we're looking at December 31st would be our next recording. So January 1st, well actually. We'll be doing it probably on the 30th. Yeah, Saturday. We'll, 30th or the 29th we'll record, but it'll re- it will release New Year's Day. This is a good test for us too, because we're gonna be doing something similar to this on the setup when we go mm-hmm. to the uh, WonderCon in March. Oh yes, uh, we're gonna try doing this when we're at the WonderCon in the hotel. So that way we're all three in the same room recording yeah. instead of going over Discord like we normally do. We should some, do some kind of joke episode. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> my birthday is April Fool's Day. So we're going to be recording an episode the day before my birthday to release it on my birthday. Oh, yeah. On we'll give April you a hard Fool's. time on your birthday. I have to. <laughs> God, Back to Boulder's Gate. So I'm playing a warlock. And Rook over here, he's playing a ranger. And you wouldn't think that would be a dynamic duo in a game like this. Mm-hmm. But it seems to be working out pretty dang well, other than getting our asses kicked once. Yeah, we actually are four skill sets. We're actually spread out fairly even. I'm more of the nature and uh, dexterity-based stuff, and you're more of the intelligent type. Yeah, in-your-face magic. Yeah. We finally hit level five, which created a whole new dynamic. Well, not dynamic, but just kick butt style. Yeah, so far with this party, we have stuck with... Carlock and Shadowheart as our primary... Uh, so a cleric and a barbarian, along with a warlock and a ranger. <laughs> yeah, we have no real tank in the group. <laughs> no, oh, yeah, not really. We kind of just spread the wealth. Yeah, we, we are on the belief of doing as much damage as possible to take down the foes as <laughs> Where they say the, the, best, the best defense is a better offense? The be- Yeah. Uh, there was one spot where we had to fight the individual goblin clans and we pulled two of the main leaders parties into one fight and managed to outlast all of them yeah i was surprised by that we did some pretty funky stuff too <laughs> like knocking people off like i got i have eldritch blast which is my main primary spell it's my cantrip for my warlock i use it a lot so i got an ability now that knocks everyone back 15 yards after <laughs> you hit them so i was knocking people off of cliffs off into lava <laughs> that was awesome watching. Uh, they're right on the edge. Blast. There they go about 15 feet into the lava. <laughs> Toasty. It was, it's been fun. Uh, 
I've missed doing this the time you were out sick. So Yeah, I hated that. I was taking care of my dad because he has surgery. So that was many weeks there right there that I couldn't leave the house. I had to stay home and take care of dad. And then I got COVID. Mm-hmm. That ruined that too. But we've been, I've been able to come over the last two weeks. So it's been a blast. And getting back into Baldur's Gate 3. On my main, on my personal game, I'm at the final fight for Act 2 before I go to Baldur's Gate, which is the start of Act 3. Okay. And I just finished Shadow Hearts main quest. I'm not going to give any spoilers or anything like that, but you have to make a very, very tough decision with her. You either have to give her what she wants and go the evil route, because there's dire consequences if you let her mm-hmm. have what she wants, or you have to break her to save everybody else. It's messed up. Listening to what I've learned so far from Shadowheart, it seems like that it would be uh, probably easy to break her because she's already on the fence based on her conversation with you. Being a good influence in her life and everything, you know. What's funny is that it gives you multiple opportunities to change her mind Mm -hmm. to do the good thing. It's very, very difficult the first chance, and it gets a little bit easier every chance. I got it up about the third try or second try, where I had to get a minimum roll of, like, 18. Oof. I rolled a crit, 20. <laughs> nice. <laughs> One of the very few chances I ever get to do so. Yeah, we, uh, I can't, I'm looking forward to getting to there. It's going to be very interesting, I think, because I play a goody-two-shoes ranger, Chaotically kind of, good. Yeah, yeah, kind of good, I would say. <laughs> I'm, I'm more neutral on my guy. I, I do tend to do the wrong choices sometimes with him. Mm-hmm. I forgot what example I had today where I picked something that you your character wouldn't. We were actually talking about our choices. Like, okay, so whose character's in, in for first, whose character's in charge of the conversation? How would we play them as mm-hmm. based on them? And mine would, there was a couple points where it would have been completely different outcomes depending on who was doing it, which is, uh, that's how you gotta play these kind of games. Yeah, it's called roleplay for a reason. You can't just constantly attack the game the same way with every single character you play. Every character should have its own personality, its own train of thought. That's why the, in 5th edition, the building of your character, that's why all the background stuff is really important, because that's what drives you to roleplay your character. In games like Starfield, even, it's, it's you don't have to roleplay in Starfield, obviously. You can just play it as you like most people do. But actually getting into your character and how they should be is uh, important. It, it, it enhances the game so much more. Oh, yeah. Starfield, I've actually finally got rid of Sarah, and I'm running that one solo with just a couple of people I picked up from the bars. That doing just that made route, it huh? sound very bad. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, we have one more Starfield Raw episode before we call it, we break for the holidays, and that'll be out this coming Friday for you guys. And I'm sure we'll get into more of that. So we forgot a very important thing this this uh, episode. What did we forget? So what, how was your nerdy week? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're kind of getting into that together. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, yeah, we're spitballing it here. And I don't, other than playing Baldur's Gate, I haven't got much time in my Minecraft server, honestly. I haven't fixed much anything, which sucks. I don't remember what I watched. I got really, really busy with work, and there was a couple things. Like, oh, I've been watching um, Squid Games. Squid Games? Because there's a new show out where it's a real-life version of Squid Games. Oh, I've seen the previews to that on uh, Facebook and stuff. It's a social experiment, so normally I don't get into those mm-hmm. where they play those mind games and crap, but the way they did it in this version... And I, I, I watched it before I actually... Saw Squid Games. I knew about it from everything everyone talking about all the time, but I got hooked on that show mm-hmm. really easily, and I got hooked on it a week and a half before they released the last two episodes. So it sucked having to wait wow. to find out who won that <laughs> thing. And all my favorite character, all my favorite people, I don't say characters, are real people doing this, and it's a, for a massive prize pool, four point five four million dollars. Oh wow, that's a lot of money. It's a, a huge ton of money. And they start out with 400 and something people, and for every person that gets dropped out, they get 10,000 to the pool. Until there's oh, only wow. one person standing. And I gotta admit, one of my favorite ones did win it. I'm not nice. gonna say who or anything like that, but it was really, really cool to watch. I'll have to watch that because I didn't. I was iffy about it, but it sounds like it would be an interesting thing to watch real people, not a scripted yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. To That's do what it. made it cool. <laughs> and they took that the the really cool scripted elements they put into Squid Games, mm-hmm. and they they added that in there. 
while still being able to find a way to make the drama legitimate and real without having to script it. It has so many twists and turns, and I absolutely loved it, and I hope they do another season of it. So what do they do to uh, end if somebody gets out? What do they do? Yeah. Because in the TV series, they kill them. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So what they did is they put uh, squids, squibs, in their shirts. So if they were knocked out, they would activate the squibs, and they would act like they they died, and they would get them out of the game. And they had the same bunker... Not bunker, but like the dorm room mm-hmm. they had in the show. They recreated it. Oh, nice. But they made it more accessible, bigger bathroom, because in the actual show, it's a little tiny thing and doesn't work when you have several hundred people. Mm-hmm. And the very first game they play is red light, green light, just like the show. <laughs> That's so awesome. when I first saw it, I was like, what, are they, these people really getting hurt? <laughs> they did a good job. <laughs> Took me a minute to realize, oh, yeah, okay, they're just acting. But there was a father, or not a, a father, but a, a daughter. <laughs> I'm getting it all wrong here a son and a mom duo that were a lot of fun to watch really cool big burly guy that was a lot of fun and Mm -hmm. and there was enough people with personalities that i could not stand that were the bad guys to me so i I was cheering when they got taken out (laughs) nice so my week has been a little bit more simple on nerdy shows i've been watching caught up to the semifinals of lego masters they had oh, to build, don't tell me. They had to build roller coasters. <laughs> yeah. And because Jamie, uh, one of the hosts or one of the judges on Lego Masters, it took the Lego team forever to solve some issues with the roller coaster. And Jimmy, uh, Jam- Jimmy, Jamie was pleasantly surprised on how well these roller coasters were built in a span of 10 hours. And it took them months to create theirs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, these, well they, they do pull in the best and brightest like i was always thinking maybe i should ask rook if if he'd want to do that show with me and i thought about it like i don't know if we'd be good enough no i don't (laughs) think we'd be good enough because you have to be very creative off the top of your head on those builds i can do that see i that's where i struggle it's the mechanics of some like how they are able to manipulate legos to do certain things i used to do organic building when i was a teenager Mm -hmm. i built a lifelike rat with glowing red eyes. Nice. I used to build, um, I was a Lego nut. <laughs> Seriously, I would go to my mom. Story time. <laughs> I would go to my mom when I was a kid. I'd say probably from the ages of eight to about 13. And I would always ask her like, hey mom, I'm gonna spend this Saturday, I'm gonna spend the entire day in my room with my thousands upon thousands of Legos. I had three bins full of these Legos. It's all I ever wanted for Christmas and birthdays for a long time. And I'd ask her, what should I build? Do you have an idea? And one time she told me, my mom was a clean freak. <laughs> Everything had to be clean all the time. Lots of chores growing up, but uh, she said, build a working vacuum. And so shortly after she gave me the motor, the Lego mm-hmm. motor for Christmas with my mom and dad. And I went in my room and it took me nine hours. I was in that room. My mom brought me lunch in my room, <laughs> working it out and figuring it out. By the end of it, I had a two and a half foot tall vacuum. Nice. That would pull up all the Legos, and push it up into a compartment in the back. <laughs> nice. Surprisingly, vacuums are a very simple technology if you actually look at how they work. They are. Yeah. Um, shop vacs are the easiest because you just hook up, a, hook up a compressed air, and it's compressed air blowing w- one way, and through um, the Venturi effect, it sucks in air through a third entrance, and that's how vacuums just work, except the ones at home are done by a motor and all electrical so the fact that you're able to do that with legos is really cool i figured out a way to do using rubber bands because they at that at that time they had rubber bands that you could put on these certain wheels and do a a rubber band pulley system basically and i hooked up four different brushes at different Mm -hmm. stages so the main brush pulled everything in the second brush picked it up and it continued on the line until it dropped in the chamber. And it took me maybe four hours to figure out how to get that work and then the timing correct on it. Because mm-hmm. I had to alternate the different the uh, strokes of the brushes to make oh, it yeah. work. It was crazy. I did all kinds of stuff. I had a pet mouse named Squeaky. <laughs> and I spent hours building her a maze out of Legos. Mm-hmm. And then hours more cleaning all the poop and pee out of it. <laughs> no, I never did anything that extreme driving it with Legos. Uh, the one reason I don't think I would be good on Lego is I don't know Technic that well. And a lot of those builds that people do, like last season, they had you build where you had like one major mount point on this wall. 
and you had to build this castle that came out and it required a lot of people use a lot of different techni uh, technique uh, to strengthen the build and hold it and I've never actually used it so it's like I, oh, don't I love know. Technic yeah you gotta you gotta buy a set one of these mm -hmm. Technic sets I got a um, a dump truck one not long ago actually mm -hmm. my ex still stole my Legos not a cheap set but it was all pneumatics oh nice so it was all air controlled that's a great way to start with Technic okay and they even have programmable motors now they have light color sensor motors they have all kinds of crud you could use. It gets awesome. I'm going to have to look into that because that does sound pretty cool. Uh, the biggest thing I've noticed, uh, I'm going to spoil a little bit with uh, Lego Masters Roller Coaster, is a lot of them use the typical chain pulling up the coaster. One actually did something completely different. They used a spinning motor with the arm set up just right, and it just pushed up a spiral. Oh, that's different. See, I don't. I wouldn't have never thought of doing something like that. I wonder if you could create like a launch system where you can pull back a spring, mm -hmm. and have it trigger, and when the cart <laughs> loads, just hit that trigger and just launch it. I wonder if you could do it magnet style. Just have a little magnet, uh, a little magnet strip, electromagnet strip, and then use a Lego circuit board. Because those are actually pretty cool to see. Yeah, they are. And then use it to launch your thing. The problem is you don't want to launch it too fast because the thing will shoot off the track. <laughs> you just control that by the different power output, right? Yeah. So if you ever want to learn circuitry, there is a cool Lego circuitry mini set that you can buy that will help you set up uh, and learn circuitry. Thanks to... Uh, what's it called? Thanks to Venus Valkyrie... I've gotten back into reading books, and I've been reading or listening to the audiobook of the, from the Dragonlance saga, Dragons of an Hourglass Mage. It tells the story of how Raceland actually becomes free of Fist and Dantilus. So it's actually a very good book, and it fills up a lot of gaps. I don't know those books, so I really can't comment <laughs> too much on them. Yeah, they're, uh, they're pretty good. Um, I don't mind spoiling them because they're so old. But I were, I'm reading the Lost Chronicles series because it fills in a lot of the gaps that the Chronicles actually had. And they're very noticeable gaps. Like, you read the book and you're like, how did this happen? When did this happen? But after I'm done with this, I'm going to jump into uh, the Deathgate Cycle Hardcore and start focusing on that. So that'll be interesting. The Deathgate Cycle? Yeah, it's another book series by Margaret Weiss and Tracy, Tracy Hickman. Uh, it was one that Venus has been trying to get me to read more, and I'm thinking I'm going to jump into it and actually read a lot more because it looks like it's going to be a good series. Instead of actually listening to audiobooks like I do all the time, I'm going to try reading that book that was given to me by that author at LA Comic Con. Oh, The Last Luminion? Yeah, I'm going to give that one a shot. <laughs> can't believe I remember that. <laughs> she uh, did a little blurb about it on Twitter, and I, I looked at it, I was like, you know, that sounds generic. Mm -hmm. Very generic, but it sounds like it could be very interesting, depends how she wrote it. And she's gotten some great reviews on the book, so I'm going to mm -hmm. give it a shot. I'm going to read it. Like, like we said on our episode from the Comic-Con, uh, the thing that drew my attention to her book was the art around her thing and how the characters were depicted in that art. She actually won an award for best booth. <laughs> I can imagine. For in her particular category. Yeah, it, duh. Yeah. I'm By far the best. I mean, she got some professional designers to go and build a uh, booth based on her books. I want to do that. I want to go to LA Comic Con with my books. Better yet, San Diego Comic Con. First, let's get popular enough to actually get to San Diego. <laughs> yeah, we're still waiting for that invite. Uh, Comic-Con US, uh, we're waiting for those invites. We'll go. No problem. <laughs> let us know when. Yeah. Uh, we're shooting for, hopefully, we can get badges for it next year. But it's going to be a whole two years before we get to go. <laughs> yeah, the badges were, we did not do it right. So we already talked about that. Yeah. I'm not going to beat that dead horse. But yeah, it's, uh, I'm hoping to go. It looks like it's going to be good. I, would, I do want to do a lot more cons. It gets me out of my shell and out of my comfort zone on having to approach people and talk to them. So it'll be entertaining. Yeah, it, it's so much freaking fun. And we got three days coming for WonderCon, and we're getting hotel plans figured out. <laughs> the fact we got 
three days for $125 each is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's going to be fun. Uh, I can't wait. Actually have Archon in the same room as us and actually have him at the Comic-Con or the WonderCon with us will be actually It's really a Comic-Con, cool. but yeah. Yeah. No, it's wonderful. <laughs> it's a wonderful <laughs> WonderCon of Anaheim. I've been listening to a book that I, a series I'm in absolute love with. I mentioned it on the show before, and I'm almost done listening to the third book, and I'm so disappointed that I have to go look for another audiobook to listen to, and that's the Beware of Chicken series. Mm-hmm. So the third book just came out a week ago, and I am almost done with it, and I, I only listen while I'm driving. So every chance, even if I'm going into the store, I will turn that audiobook on just to hear it and it's so upsetting to hear it go because it was had me laugh so hard in the third book it was hilarious uh so good i told you told you about the dresden files um i still hard hardcore recommend that i was sitting there and commuting an hour and a half one way for nine months to my for my job and uh it was awesome only because I was able to get through 17 novels of audiobooks in that time frame, <laughs> and I was able to finish the whole series, and it it's just well-written. Jim Butcher's a darn good author. Jim Butcher, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm going to show you this really quick. That's the Beware of Chicken series. Mm-hmm. They're awesome, but my library, <laughs> it's still going. We're still scrolling here. So my library, <laughs> I have a tendency to delete a lot of stuff out of my library because I would get books, read them, and be like, man, I'm done with this book. Now what? Well, got to wait for another credit. Hey, I will send this book back and get another credit so I can get another book. I've done that only with a couple, and it was only the, the books that I really did not like. Yeah, I've done that with a few books I don't like. I, I I'll, I'll be honest, I did it with the... Tom Clancy novels. Okay, yeah. They're, they're good novels. Don't get me wrong. I got all the way up to where Jack Ryan becomes president. So, they're good novels. But, at the time, I didn't have a big budget of credits. And I <laughs> didn't want to buy the book outright if I wasn't going to like it. And so, I turned some in to get some credits for those. I still have a book waiting in my library. The Dungeon Crawler Carl Book 6, I think? I haven't. I didn't listen to it yet because I wanted to re-listen to the series because it's been so long I forgot where they were at. Mm-hmm. So, But as soon as the Beware of Chicken book three came out, I had to oh, stop that and listen to it. They're incredible books. And it, I think the way that that author wrote it, it's not like your typical where it's hardship and hardship and learning and hardship and fighting and the dropout point where everything goes to crap and then everything gets better. It's just a simple guy from our world who winds up in this other world mm-hmm. where it's about like Chinese culture with chi and there's cultivators and just wants to get away from that crap. Okay. So he runs away from all of it, gets in his body of this of some guy that got killed by another cultivator and becomes a farmer. That's all he does. And, he's, <laughs> he, and he figures out a way like, hey, I, what if I put my chi into the earth and strengthen it? And he winds up becoming this amazing farmer and he go p- picks up this pet rooster and some chickens <laughs> and this rooster from eating his spiritual herbs that he's been growing suddenly becomes aware <laughs> so it becomes a spirit beast and it becomes a stupid powerful spirit beast it, it's his pigs and his cat and it, it gets it's just fun the books are just fun I like it when they take if an author does it right I like it when they take a modern person from the modern day society and throws him into this alternate universe that's all magic and stuff and you don't know how it really operates and you're like, uh, how what does do he survive? Do? Like uh, a kid in King Arthur's court. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that one where modern day kids throw him back in time to go to King Arthur. So it's, it's stories like that that really intrigue me just because, like I said, if it's written right, it can be a really epic story, but a lot of authors tend to butcher those kind of backgrounds. True. And they stick with the cliche stuff because it's cliche because it works. The tropes. Yep. And I, when I wrote my first book, I tried to stay away from as many tropes as I could. It's kind of hard to avoid when you're writing a fantasy, though. Yeah. Some of them, you kind of just have to for it to fit fantasy. Mm-hmm. But I tried to avoid them as many as possible. I did put an elf 
race into my books, but they're not your typical elves. I based them off of Native American culture mm-hmm. and society. So I thought that was just a nice little twist to it. And none of my other races are anything typical of modern fantasy. So, Funny story. In a lot of novels, you got your... Wo- or, Sorry, correction. In a lot of fantasy stories, you have what they call wood elves, which they usually do build as your Native American culture. I just bay- heavily based off of D&D. Yeah. But no, that's more... I always thought of it more like hippies. <laughs> Pointed ear to hippies. It depends upon, like, the... Uh, what's the name Naturalists. of Naturalists. Uh, the Sylvanesti, and the Kaganesti in uh, Dragonlance. The Sylvanesti and Qualanesti split off from a main uh, group of elves and became... Their brothers that split off and became their own entities on how they operate elven culture. The Kaganesti were the wild elves, and they were more of your um, spiritualists, more of your shamanistic peoples. So what you're saying is that my book was not that unique in that department? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to read it and find out for yourself. You'll have to make space up. Ba- uh, I'm trying to think of the word that you used, but I caught myself before I said it. Oh, screw it. Got to make some badass space elves. Uh, yeah, I haven't written science fiction yet. Because the only elves that I can correlate with science fiction is the Tau from Warhammer 40K. I want to see some really cool space elves. They usually don't like... A lot of people don't like to mix too much fantasy in with science fiction. Because they don't fit the alien stigmata. But But if you ask me, it fits the alien stigmata more than living all on the same planet with magic. Who's to say that (laughs) humans were once colonized everywhere? You don't know. Yeah. If you really want to get into my beliefs about that... I believe aliens actually populated this planet. <laughs> well, I'm going to avoid that part. No. <laughs> I just want to see what kind of feedback we get from that. <laughs> no, uh, but uh, I think Pathfinder did it. They did their Starfinder series, which is Pathfinder in space. Okay. They also did ship comp building. And Why ship have I never combat. even heard of that? It was something that I ran with my first tabletop group here in California. Uh, we were... When we first switched over to Foundry, or actually not Foundry, it was the one that's on Steam. I forgot what it's called. It starts with Neff, though. But, I have no idea. But it's another tabletop uh, program, and they had Starfinder, and it's actually not bad. It follows Pathfinder rules. They've modified it for sci-fi, so it actually works. Okay. I got to ask you something. So, me and Archon last night decided we're going to play Sea of Thieves. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite games. It's all piratey. Are you going to join us or what? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't really. I, I, I do. I'll, I'll admit. I do have it in my Steam uh, stuff because I did play it when I was in Washington with my buddy there because he loved pirate-based stuff too. Come on, man. A, a crew of three, which is like your maximum crew size anyway in that game for the most mm-hmm. part. I think you can go do four. But we could man the biggest ship. It would be awesome. I tell you what, I'll re-download it, and I'll run at least one day a week with y'all in it. All right, that's a fair compromise. I'll take it. Okay. So since um, the holidays are coming up here, I wanted to kind of dive into this a little bit. What is the worst and the best Christmas-based science fiction and fantasy that you know of? I'll start with the worst. Oh, that one's an easy one. Go for it. The Star Wars Christmas special. Exactly what I was thinking. There, I don't think you can get much worse than that. No. When when the creator of that special says it's the worst Star Wars he's ever made. It's one of the worst Christmas specials ever made, period. Star Wars it's, or otherwise. It's one of the worst Star Wars. It's one of the worst Christmas specials. It's one of the worst sci-fi ever made. Well, what about the best? Because I've been racking my brain on this, and there's not really many that fit that quarter category too much. The Lego Star Wars holiday special. Okay, that is fair. <laughs> I forgot all about that one. It's the only real sci-fi one that I can think of because a lot of Christmas specials do the traditional, not in space. If you guys have any kids listening now that still believe in the big man in the red suit, plug their ears. But uh, in a way, the whole Santa Claus thing is fantasy. It is. It's all magic and not high fantasy, but modern fantasy. Well, how do we know he's not an alien? <laughs> Here we go, the aliens. 
Not, how do you know he's not an elf? How do we know he's not like something from sci-fi? Uh, no, it, it ha- it's fantasy all the way around because it. The only way you can explain how he gets from point A to around the world and all that time is magic. magic. You can't go away from that. Mm-mm. Science can't touch that. No, unless he's using portals and even that you can't get. Even if you had portals, there's no way you get to every house. He's going so fast. He's going against the rotation of the Earth so fast that he's stopping time. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's creating little magical bags, invisible bags of holdings right where they need to be. So he just flies over and snaps his fingers. Pops in. And they just open and there they are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, we're nerding out on Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what the show's about. <laughs> Love it. Oh, and then he got his elves. I mean, he actually has elves. Yes. Mind you, they're little tiny, short things that you don't really associate with elves in the fantasy term, but... Oh, actually, thanks to uh, J.K. Rowling, you do yeah. see the elves <laughs> as short people. They call those, uh, like, table elves, or... I forgot what they call them. I've never actually... Uh, I'm going to p- make a lot of our readers upset. I've never read her novels. Really? Yeah. Yeah, you didn't miss much. I didn't miss <laughs> We're going to get hate mail for this. <laughs> yeah, I have a huge problem with the Harry Potter books. I'm sorry. I like the movies. They fixed the, some of the problems with the books in a big way. But no, yeah, I'm not going to get into that. Don't get me wrong. It's your traditional King Arthur-style wizardry. So it's cool. Even more even more so. It's, it's more generic than that. It's very generic. You're wizards and witches. That's what it is. It's... With the wands and the hand gestures and the magic words that make no sense based See, off of Latin. What what she did, and what's actually not a bad combination, is she took wizardry as we think of it with D&D and uh, King Arthur's time frame and all that. It mixed it with modern magicians where you're doing all the fancy waving of the wand and the magic words. So... She blended a lot of stuff together. I'll give her props on that. I give her mad props for the idea of what she did. The Mm -hmm. universe that she created was actually brilliant. Yes. And how she did it was great. Her main character was not great. He's absolutely terrible when you get down to it, but some of the characters don't make any sense. And some of the things they do do not make any sense. But the world that she created is what draws people. Yeah. Which makes the world. Yeah. It it was what made it successful. And Dumbledore are what bring people to that world. <laughs> <laughs> Two best characters by far. I'm and not going to spoil it if there's anyone alive that actually does not know about it. <laughs> <laughs> if we got people alive right now that does not know Harry Potter, either A, they were really sheltered, or B, they just crawled out from under a rock. I, I had some friends growing up that were that sheltered, so it wouldn't surprise me. But no, I yeah. noticed that the kids that were heavily sheltered growing up are the ones that tend to act out more as adults and do more than anybody else because they gotta catch up yeah uh speaking of speaking of being quote-unquote sheltered i had a female that was in my first command with me uh she was awesome to work with or not my first command my last command uh for those of you don't know i was in the navy for 10 years uh my last duty station was up in washington i had a female that was in my shop I was 27 years old. Yeah, 27 years old. She was 19. And we were making references to all of these nerdy shows. And she's like, uh, what was that? And we're like, oh, my God. No. <laughs> we no. facepalmed. And we're like, you got to watch this, 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 and this. Give and her a study guide. To her credit, she would actually, once a week, at least, pick one of the movies we called out and watch it. And she started getting our references, and it was it was awesome to actually see her actually take the effort to actually learn that stuff. You got to indoctrinate yourself into the nerd world if you really want to live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, you can nerd out about anything or geek out about anything. True. Like, being a mechanic, you're nerd about cars. It's just another style of being a nerd. You know cars left and right. I have a friend who calls herself a nerd, and she's a massive biologist. Her thing is animal biology. Yeah. She'll geek out, especially birds. Birds are awesome. And she calls herself a nerd for that purpose, and I'm not going to argue the point because she's right. Oh. There's The problem is is when people think nerds, they think sci-fi, they think fantasy, they think all these things, but really, nerdum is anything that can draw a bunch of people with similar interests into that one thing. So science, birds, that kind well, of that's, stuff. That's more the definition of geeking out. 
Geeking out, yeah, but uh, you can be a nerd on car and work on cars. Absolutely. My brother is a nerd. He he probably wouldn't admit it because he's a mechanic, works on cars, plays video games, <laughs> my, watches anime. My cousin used to call me a hybrid nerd growing up because I was a nerd that could beat up on all, all the jocks. <laughs> I studied martial arts all my life. Yeah. And, yeah, so it's just... I did a lot of things growing up. I played sports, things like that, but my passion was always in what the stereotypical nerd stuff, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking about that topic when I was driving home from work. I think it was Friday. Thursday or Friday, I was driving home from work, and I was just trying to figure out what is not considered nerding, nerdy. Uh, obviously, sports. Politics. Politics are not nerdy, No. Uh, sports, depending upon how you approach it, yeah, I can see it not being nerdy. And all three of us are football fans, by the way, if you didn't know that. Uh, football, baseball, hockey. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> actually, watching, there's a YouTuber. I, and I mean that in American football for our over-the-seas listeners, which oh, are yeah. a lot of you guys, so American football. So, fun fact about soccer... Who was the first people to call it soccer? I have no idea. A lot of people don't realize this, but the British were. Really? Yeah. Uh, it's short for the Association of Footballers. And uh, it was the upper echelon that would call it soccer, while the more uh, quote-unquote peasant class called it football. Okay. And that's where it came around from. That's yeah, so it stuck with us. Mm-hmm. And we that's, had our own version of football came out in the 1800s. And, all right. American football's been around for a while. Have you seen Australian football? Rugby? No, no, no. Australian football. No, I haven't seen Australian You need to look that up. <laughs> it's crazy. Okay, I'll have the to Aussies look that up. are crazy. I well, love them, but they're crazy. <laughs> look where they are. There are <laughs> yeah. more historical facts. They're a country founding on prisoners. Yeah, I think most everyone knows that. Yeah, so... Most of crazy. the inhabitable country is along the coast. And it's Southern probably the most coast. dangerous land in the world right now, with, like, terms of animals and... Animals. Insects. Yeah, wildlife in general. Weather. <laughs> Weather, wildlife, fires. And yeah. I still really want to go visit. I want to go there, because I heard the people there are really cool. Yeah, I've met a few that are amazing. Mm-hmm. New Zealand is another big one I want to go visit. Now, I why am I talking about this? But we are. I want... This is an off-the-wall everything episode. Because <laughs> it's our last one of the year. Uh, no, actually, I want to go to New Zealand because of Hobbiton. Yeah, you want to see that? I want to see that in person. Because they actually built that village in New Zealand for the show. For yeah, me. It's just an absolutely beautiful country. It is. The top of my bucket list, though, is Ireland. I want to go to Norway. I've always wanted to go to Norway because it's my, from what I understand, it's my ancestry. So I have a passport. I have never used my passport. I have a passport, and if you ever looked at it, you would think I was traveling a lot, but it was all so I could go to Afghanistan and Iraq for work. But I got to see a lot of places. Um, I got to go to London and see uh, the palace and all of that. I got to go to, what was the other place? Didn't you go to Amsterdam? No, sadly. I went to Austria. Okay. Uh, we They wouldn't let me fly into Amsterdam. Austria would be still awesome. Oh, it was. Some of the... I'm a big nerd for medieval history, especially in mid to late medieval. Mm-hmm. And Austria has some of the best medieval architecture still standing. Yes. Uh, well, because they are out there and... They, while the during wars, they weren't really touched, and that's where a lot of stuff got damaged was during the World Wars. I don't remember the name of the city, but there's a city that they have that is still has an entire district that is the original medieval architecture. Oh, nice! The streets, the buildings that date back to the early 13th and 14th century. Oh, nice! Uh, my favorite place I've ever been for that kind of stuff was Rome. Oh yeah, because you can be going downtown Rome. And the road will split into two uh, lanes, the median in the middle, and that median is ruins right there in the middle that they've dug up. It's it's actually really cool that they take pride in their historical stuff. You gotta reserve, preserve that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I yeah, I want to I want to go see castles. I want to go to England. I want to go to um, the Cliffs of Dover. 
because that's where they believe the site of Camelot, if it existed, mm-hmm. really was there. Um, Sherwood Forest, I want to go course. there. I have friends that said they would take me to go see those places. <laughs> and of course, Ireland, I want to go on the castle tour. In my family name, there's a, a castle estate in Ireland with that family name, and I would love to go see that. Nice. Well, my real family name, not the adopted one. Yeah, my family name is out of Norway. That's the only reason why I want to go check it out. But it looks like it would be very interesting to do. Um, but if I got a chance, I want to go see these people. They're, I don't remember where it's at. I think it's in France. There is a group of people who are building modern-day castle using period tools and period ways. I think I've heard about that. Yeah, that's they're still working on it. because. Well, yeah, it's going to take them a long time. Yeah. It took them years and years and years with teams and teams of slaves and people to mm-hmm. build the original castles. And a lot of the original castles were made out of wood. No, we all know the aliens built them. Yeah. <laughs> but those don't, don't stand anymore. Obviously, they're made out of wood. Only the stone yeah. structures are. And I was like, well, there's quite a bit I want to go see. I've been to every city in the United States of America at least twice. But I've never left this country. So I definitely want to start doing that soon. Caveat that. You haven't been to every city. You've been major to every city. major city. Major city. Not every city. <laughs> That's way too much. Not in a lifetime to even do that. Major city. You're right. Now, I actually, thanks to the military, I was able to see a few countries, and it was awesome. Now, I want to travel and actually see some places where I'm actually seeing what I want to see and not limited to where I was allowed to go. Yeah. Uh, Some of the coolest people I've ever met were in the Middle East, in Bahrain, and also in... uh, uh, just in general, other countries. Turkey was awesome. Greece was awesome. Italy was awesome. But I have friends in Japan and one in China. I haven't talked to her in probably 10 years. Quite a few in England, a couple in Australia, a couple in Canada, and they're all amazing people. Oh, yeah. I, I actually, outside of the political nature, I actually want to go visit Russia because there are a lot of cool people in Russia that don't agree with what's going on. And so I would let them take me around and show me the history of Russia. Dude, I want to go to Germany to go to GamesCon. The biggest game convention in the world. I want to go. We'd have to save up a lot of money. Or just get invited. Or get invited, but save up a lot of money, just in case. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> anyway, going out I there. I think it's what? It'd be a five thousand dollar minimum trip because plane tickets, hotels, depending upon how long we want to stay. If I'm going to get away with like Airbnb. Because if I flew out there, I would want to go and visit other places after comp. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> you not just just go there to the convention. You want to see everything else. When I used to go to PAX East in Boston, I would we would go tour the the city after we got done with the PAX. Mm-hmm. Same with Seattle. I've been everywhere in Seattle and Boston because of those two conventions. Nah, it's uh, a bunch of cons I actually want to check, check out. One I keep mentioning I want to go to that you don't really talk about much is Gen Con in Indianapolis. Mm. No, I haven't talked about that much. I've never, I never had real interest. I do want to go to QuakeCon. See, I've never heard of that one until you started talking about it. But it does sound interesting. Yeah, it's Bethesda's primary, their, their primary convention. It is heavily focused around Quake and that franchising and stuff like that, but they do reveal a lot about their Elder Scrolls and Fallout series and probably now Starfield, too. Oh, yeah, probably. Uh, the ones I've heard the most in when I've started my uh, dive into uh, nerdum hardcore, I, from being a kid, is uh, when I was stationed up in Washington, we actually... I actually became friends with a game writer and a person who preferred being a game master versus being a player in the games because he would create his own worlds and he loved watching how the players lived in them. They always went to, they always talked about PAX and they always talked about, or PAX West, and they always talked about uh, Gen Con. Yeah, and okay. of course, growing up, I always heard about San Diego Comic Con because it's the biggest Comic Con out there. Yeah, um, it wasn't until I got here to Southern California where I learned about LA Comic Con. There's a Comic Con in Pasadena. There's a Comic Con. 
LA has so many. LA and Southern California has so many cons. Yeah, there are a bunch of smaller ones like in Bakersfield. But this mm-hmm. last one in Bakersfield though was the weekend before LA Comic Con. I didn't find out about it till the day of. Mm. And it, it lasts two days. It's very cheap to get into. And it's actually not bad. They take up the yeah. entire fairgrounds. Nice. And they, last, last time I went was a couple of years ago, and they actually had a few actors, including some that played in Star Trek. Oh, nice. Yeah, I've, it wasn't noticed, bad. Uh, I've noticed that a lot of these actors from, like, Star Trek, Power Rangers and stuff, they go to a lot of these smaller cons. Of course, that's how they meet a lot of their fans because yeah. big cons you can't really meet and get to know your fans because there's so many people and it's only three days the smaller cons yeah you got a lot of people but you still got time Buffalo Comic Con Comic Con was very very tiny but still had a blast I took my daughter to it a few years and she cosplayed and it was just simple but a lot of fun so what surprises me I gotta see how long they've been doing it but growing up I'm from the Dallas Dallas Fort Worth area in Texas, and I had never heard of FansCon. Oh yeah, yeah. Until we were looking up all the cons, and then of course DragonCon. Yeah, we got to go to New York Comic Con. That's the second biggest one. It's the biggest one in terms of like area Mm -hmm. of usage, but it's just under uh, San Diego Comic Con in terms of attendance. Okay, how hard is it to get into that one? bit easier than San Diego. San Diego is hard, man. That 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 was so sad. It's um yeah, it, it, what's crazy is the convention that I can care less about. I dated someone for a little bit that was really into it is Blizzard. BlizzCon. I've never been there. And that's a pain in the neck. I have a friend who actually likes BlizzCon. She's always wanted to go to BlizzCon, and I I, I told her family if they come down for either WonderCon or BlizzCon, I'll go with them because it would be pretty cool. BlizzCon was expensive. It was last, this year, the tickets were, I think, like $300. $300 for the basic ticket. And if you wanted to get their, like, VIP ticket where you can get in early and do more, it was $800 a person. Yeah. That's like Disney theme park ticket costs. That's for one day. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Uh, But then again, there's... The problem is people will pay for them, and so it keeps the prices high. Yeah, that's true. Like San Diego Comic Con is cheaper than that. San Diego Comic Con for three day, it was like what sixty dollars a day for the base ticket. So it wasn't bad. It's just when you want to go meet all the actors and stuff, that's where they start getting you on tickets. And we got to probably plan to do one of the packs too. I think that would be a great thing to do. I'm always down. Just we gotta figure out when. When and which one? Because there's the one, the bigger one in Seattle, and then the not as big one up in Boston. Mm-hmm. Both are a blast, but the one in Seattle happens earlier in the year, mm-hmm. so it gets more of the actual releases and yeah. cool stuff. That's the one I would like to do. It's hard to get into, but it would be awesome. And I like packs because they do a lot of play testing for new uh, tabletop games coming out. And they we- do, yeah. And we can talk more about that in a specific episode for tabletop games. Yeah, I'm going to try to get my son in on that one. That should be a blast. Well, we, uh, is there anything else you want to talk about? Uh, I think we've been all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> Probably going to have about a 40-minute episode, which is pretty good. Yeah, for just the two of us, I'm pretty surprised. Without notes or anything, we just came off the top and of our head. missing Archon. Yeah. Which sucks, by the way. I mean, I enjoyed hanging out in my buddy's bed, you know, living room and, and talking away, but... It's not the same without all three of us. No, it's not. Even even the interview with Ayn Zur, I wish he, we would have had... Uh, yeah, it was, it was missing an element. Yeah. Granted, I nerded out about that one. <laughs> <laughs> that was so much fun. Well, we get to nerd out the three of us and hopefully get something even more awesome when we go to WonderCon. Oh, yeah. So, I'm going to put it to you. Um, I think our first episode of the new year should be the AI episode. Because we've been promising that and talking yeah, it. Yeah, we so should. I think we should just do that one and then go from there. We have some big things planned for Starfield Raw, so might as well do it. That one for this one. That, that'll work. Yeah. Well, I think our next episode is going to be happening just prior to the new year for this this show. Uh, this show releases every Monday. And 
the Monday it will release. Will be the first day of the new year. Is the first of the year. <laughs> yep. Okay. So <laughs> new year. I just want to wish everybody a happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and Hanukkah, and whatever else you you do to celebrate this time of year. And just yeah, have fun. That's what this is about. We're gonna take our week off mm-hmm. from all both of our shows and just enjoy family and friends and. Enjoy the holidays. And if you want to reach this show, as always, you can email us in at raw podcasts or, sorry, reverse that. <laughs> podcasts raw at gmail.com. Our Instagram. Our Instagram is raw podcasts one, or you can just search raw and nerdy. Our Twitter for this show is podcasts raw. And that's plural, by the way. Podcasts, not podcast. Uh, our. Discord, one of the best ways to get a hold of us, best way to talk to us, join the community, mm-hmm. discord.gg forward slash raw podcast. We are active on it. Or we is ha- it podcast raw? It's raw podcast. Raw podcast. I did it right that time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's the best way to get a hold of us. It, we have, all of us have the app on our phone, so we are always looking at the uh, messages that go across, and it's a pretty active, it turned out to be a very active community. Yeah. I which has been fantastic. The other people that go in there are fantastic. I've had a couple come in and talk to us through voice chat and mm-hmm. hang out. Always love it. And uh, yeah, you can follow us individually at our individual stuff on Xbox. I'm at I'm the widget W I G I T. You know, Christmas present <clears throat> <laughs> on Xbox. Uh, I'm Tomcat two one three on Xbox and PlayStation. I'm Tomcat two one three on Steam. I'm Rook two one three. And you can follow me on Twitter at the widget. And you can follow me at Rook213. And you can also follow Archon at the Archon. 606. Yeah, Archon 606. And that's it for us, guys. Have a fantastic holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. All that good stuff. And keep nerding out. Happy holidays, everybody. And stay nerdy. Bye.